hot still. At home, turn us up. In your car, turn us on. At work, tell others about Talking with Ms. T, the talk show that's giving you trending topics, noted news, interesting interviews, community updates, and so much more. It continues right now. Miss T. She'll do the talking. All you got to do is be a good listener. Greetings for this meeting. You're back where it's at for our weekly chat. There is proof in our truth as we chatter about what matters on the show designed with you in mind. Thanks for tuning in to the 162nd edition of a show on a mission to bring you the best in trending news, hot topics, interesting interviews, new music, and much more. I'm Tanisha Baker, and I'm delighted to host Talking With T. It's July 9th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, actor Tom Hanks, Falling from Grace football great and Heisman Trophy winner O.J. Simpson and Shark Tank entrepreneur Kevin O'Leary. On this date in history, Dr. Daniel Hale Williams performed the world's first successful open heart surgery in 1893. For you old school gamers, on this date in 1981, the game Donkey Kong was released by Nintendo. Today on the national calendar is Fashion Day and National Sugar Cookie Day. So this month's theme is just throw it away, which is current slang used when something or someone just needs to be gone or is not salvageable. This week, I'm going to respectfully share that some people have been stuck in a relationship that is not going anywhere or you are with someone who is no good for you. Although you may have invested time, resources, and even your heart, Sometimes you just got to throw the whole thing away and start over. I know it's hard. We've all been there. But life is too precious and your joy is too valuable to waste it on someone who does not appreciate you. And now I'm going to reveal the final portion of the intense interview with Mr. Jarvis Jones. If you miss parts one and two, You can catch them on the shows dated June 25th and July 2nd. This remarkable journey has kept us on the edge of our seats. And here is part three, the final reveal. Pretty, probably pretty crazy scene. Take me back to the hospital. I wake up. I am in a seclusion room, about eight by ten room. Did you have on a straight jacket? No straight jacket. Okay. No straight jacket, because I wasn't fine. And I'm not trying to be funny. No, I'm just fine. saying. You're fine, because you're asking questions, people probably wonder. I had never been in the mental hospital. I've never been a juvenile. I've never been anywhere where I didn't want to be. And so now you're confined. Now I'm confined. Okay. And this is really where God wanted me. He wanted me separated so he could talk to me. So this is where he decided to meet you. This is this is where got, out, of, out of all places I couldn't go to the park I couldn't go to the aquarium couldn't right. go to the art museum I wasn't even in the church. Right. See, people think you gotta go to church to see God, meet God. And, well, I've said he'll find you where you are when and, he wants you. You know, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, or when you want to be found. Okay. When you want to I be like found. That. I like um, that. So I'm I'm in the in this room and I'm like, am I in prison? What is this? Nobody's telling me anything. I end up getting shot a few times. I fall asleep, wake up, it's the morning, doors open and everything. I stay at UAB Hospital for about a week. My parents came. Uh, now, this is a... UAB Mental Hospital. Okay, I just want or to Or the, the mental floor. The mental the floor, floor of the hospital. The mental floor of the okay. hospital. A very nice social worker from UAB. Um, I won't say her name because she don't know I'm doing this, but God bless you. God sent her to me and my family, honestly, because she kept my mama sane. You can imagine how you would feel if... What? One of your- <laughs> I'm nervous for you right now. <laughs> so I come back to Knoxville. 
uh, on a Saturday. This is graduation Saturday. Now I'm supposed to be walking. Right. My fraternity, we're having, my chapter is having probably the most guys graduate at one time that they've ever had in a while. Okay. It's like seven or eight guys have graduated. All right. And I'm supposed to be a part of that number. So you can only imagine what that did to my, you know, my psyche. Right. That kind of depressed me a little bit. Um, I'm on the way back home. Still kind of out of it. Go to church the next day. Dad doesn't really understand where I'm at mentally. You gonna get your behind up and go to church? I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of folk, a lot of black folk especially can attest to this. It don't matter what you done been through. You done been out at the club all night. You done been through a breakup. You just flown back from another country. You going to church when you wake up That's in the morning? Right. You at your mama's house. <laughs> My dad made me go to church. I was rude to everyone. Pastor came out and tried to talk to me. I won't go into that. I, I won't go into that. He was just like, you need to go to the hospital. Go, I went back to the mental hospital here. She prescribed me some medicine. And they call it a practice for a reason. They call it a practice because they don't really know what they're doing all the time. Because they have to learn your body. And as I work, I work in a, I work in a mental hospital now. Um, you see how God works already. I'm, I'll mention that more in a second. They don't know your body. Nobody's body chemistry is the same. So, and she didn't really know what I need. They don't really know what medicines you need when you first get there. So, I actually ended up being allergic to the medicine that she had given me. I was there for about five or six days. She tried to change my medicine again, and I refused. I wrote a letter, and I said, I'm leaving. Graduated with a bachelor's in psychology, so I thought I knew a little something, something. I need. I, I, th I thought I needed to leave. I didn't think she knew what she was doing. Um, and lo and behold, I ended up having a, another attack or another episode, anxiety attack, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I ended up at Park West Hospital. Uh, they called her. I had to get a shot. Um, not because I was being violent or anything, but just because I was um, very incoherent and things like that. And I ended up having a seizure after that, wow. after getting the medicine. Okay. Um, <laughs> got it. For some reason, I, w I didn't want to take that medicine. You know, I kept forgetting to take the medicine, things like that. Um, so my parents thought I was having seizures or having attacks from not taking the medicine, which could have been true. And I have bipolar disorder. My bipolar disorder is basically your brain has seizures. Okay. The, front, the frontal lobe of the, the person's brain has seizures. And it's not like a... a Explain that. We use that term so loosely. What's that? That bipolar. Yeah, and that's bipolar another... Bipolar disorder. Can you explain what it truly is so we don't use it so loosely <laughs> and we become educated on what the condition is? Bipolar disorder is basically a mixture in a person's life from mania, which are happy, joyful, um, almost overjoyous moments. And that can last for two weeks to a month to six weeks to eight weeks. But what goes up must come down. And the bad part about depression is that change from happy to the depression side. What the medicines are supposed to do is they're supposed to find that, that perfect line. Um, I haven't take out, taken out in a while. So a balance. The balance. Um, it's mind-altering drug and all those things. This is something that birthed my ministry, Redemptive Pathways. I don't really believe in the whole medicine thing. I, yeah, some people have that medicine to become stable. I don't believe anybody should have to be on medicine the rest of their life. But basically, bipolar disorder is... A lot of people, by that definition, are bipolar. Right. You, you're happy. Things are going good in your Polar life. Polar opposites, gonna really. be. You're going to be happy, you know? Right. Good things are going on in your life. You're going to be happy. Your girlfriend dumps you. You're going to be sad. You lose your job. You're going to be sad. You get a raise. You're going to be happy. I mean, it's just life is a roller coaster. But what is the base of your roller coaster? Is your roller coaster going to fall apart? Or are you going to stay the wave? Are you going to ride the wave? And if Christ is not your, to me, if Christ isn't your surfboard, then you are going to drown. 
and I drowned because I didn't have Christ in my life. Revelation 3 and 21 and said, says something, and it might, might not be exact. I know it's in Revelation. Lukewarm, he's going to spit us out. I was hot and cold. I was a Christian when I was with my parents coming up. Even when I would come back home and visit, I was saved. But when I was living in Birmingham, I was being, I was, I was acting up, living, living righteously. So that in itself, one of my line brothers told me I, I got caught in my mess. I was trying to live too many lives. As people, we kind of have to wear different hats, but it should never be to the extreme that you get caught up in it. And a lot of people get caught up in the different people. And it spirals out of control. And it spirals out of control. And that all goes back to what your foundation is. If you call yourself a Christian on Sunday morning, you should still be a Christian on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Friday morning, Saturday morning. You shouldn't go to church as just a cleanse, as a place to, to baptize your mind just on that one day. Okay. That goes back to my point about baptizing yourself right. every day. In essence, bipolar disorder is, I think, overly misdiagnosed and the term is misused and people don't understand it it, it is an issue plaguing a lot of our, our black brothers and sisters i don't really know how the white community deals with mental health i feel like they're likely more informed than we are i was talking with my girlfriend a couple weeks ago just about a lot of our brothers and sisters locked up because they didn't they don't have the right insurance to get the help to figure out what's going on okay well, we probably in about october now <laughs> no, i'm just kidding okay all right so you're at the hospital wrong medicine mm -hmm. I'm, I'm at park west wrong medication and have a seizure i have a seizure that woman never apologized about that but let me I, go get her nah, she's a nice lady i'm a mama she, she's one of us but okay. she, so she, and she ended up telling her test she ended up telling me and my parents her testimony so we kind of had a little connection so okay. it was all right, all right i guess but she still should apologize but anyways i ended up going back to see her again back to that that back to that hospital and that hospital is a great place Shout out to that! Shout out to that place. Y'all know who y'all are. I'm, a, I'm um, just gonna trust you on that. I'm yeah. really not trying to find out personally. <laughs> See, a lot of times people are afraid. People say they want to, and I'm not coming at you, and I'm just speaking in general. People say that they want to go deeper in God. The Israelites wanted to be freed, but they were afraid to walk into the Red Sea. I'm, I, I'm, I'm a strong advocate in, in my imagination, my spiritual imagination, that before God allowed Moses to part the Red Sea, they had to show some some act of faith. They couldn't just stand there and see the see the the ground. Right. Just, they had to probably okay. walk into the water until the water was covering their face up, and they trust God Don't that God's going to take care of them. Right. Because okay. it says in James, without without work, faith is dead. So you got to do something first. You have to do something first. It's the other side to faith. I believe that. Um, you just you just don't know how you're blessing my spirit <laughs> right now. It's more to it than just saying, I believe. If you believe, then your belief should make you walk and do something. Point blank, period. You got to, the, the bros used to have something. I hate to mix that fraternity life with, with uh, my spiritual life. But they had a saying to say, put up or shut up. Too many Christians talk, but they don't put up. Like we would say, talk to talk and walk to walk. That is why I am so passionate right now for spreading my story, spreading, not spreading my story, spreading the gospel of Christ, spreading the story, the love story that is the Bible, spreading the love story of, you know, Jesus dying for our sins. You at church, you go back to the hospital, uh -huh. you have a seizure, uh -huh. now what happened? Okay, I was at church, went to the hospital for the first time here in, in Knoxville. Then I left the hospital because I didn't think she knew what she was doing. I had a seizure at the emergency room because I had an episode. Went back to that same hospital, changed my meds up. I'm doing a little bit better. I get released from that hospital. I'm at home and I lose it again. I don't know what triggered it, but I have another episode. I guess it's my brain was seizuring out again or whatnot. I lost my, I lost it again. This time I go to a crisis stabilization unit. I just, I, the whole time I'm there, I'm really, I really just sleep. And you know, now, were you sleep because they medicated you? They medicated okay. me. All right. Um, so this is a forced sleep. This is a forced sleep. Didn't really have it get any counseling. Didn't really get educated on the dis, on the disorder or whatever have you. I for one know that 
you know, God made everything and said everything was good and perfect um, through through the blood of Christ. I know I'm not a superhero, you know, but I believe that through Christ, I don't have any issues. If I give it, if I give it all to him, you gave it to him. I'm going to be fine. Right, you didn't take it back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm at this crisis stabilization unit. I get released, get sent to another crisis stabilization unit all the way in Morristown. So this is, I'm up to, I'm up to five with this crisis stabilization unit in Morristown, this is five mental facilities that I've been to in less than six months. This is from April 2014. I'm trying to make sure y'all remember the timeline. This is from April 2014 to August 2014. Um, and right now we're about in June. Okay. Um, so I, I'm i okay there um, at, at this in Morristown. I'm okay. I just thought about something. This is 2015. Yep. So we're not talking that long ago. No. Um, I, get, I get some chills talking about it sometimes because God is just so awesome. I, I want to cry. You know, some people ask you, what, who was God to you? What has God done for you? And it's just... Makes you speechless. Woo! Yeah. It's... Man. And then when I was a kid, I used to think people would just be acting. You know? Your spirit would let you know when somebody being real with you. And... Well, it's such a gift for you to have discovered the realness of the power of God woo, at such woo. a young age. Man. Because some of us have to go through a little bit more. Yeah. I tell anybody, yeah. you know, the older you are, you'll go through some things. Mm -hmm. And God will show you what he can do for mm -hmm. you and what he is to your life. Mm -hmm. And for you to know that so early on mm -hmm. is a blessing because I think about how many more years you yeah. have. Yeah, and that's exactly um, what my father has been telling me. To, to mm -hmm. enjoy the grace and forgiveness mm -hmm. and the blessings of God. So, okay. So, I'm in Morristown. In our fifth um, mental. In my, in my fifth my fifth location. Okay. And I believe that my father and my, my mother are very diligent people. They're trying to come up with ideas to help. They probably they're not doing, giving up. They're probably doing more than the, than the doctors. Right. The doctor's probably like, this dude is just, he might be like this the rest of his life. And my parents are like, let's do something. I got to trigger something. We got to get him to be stable. We got to figure something out. Um, so I'm sure that they were working on some stuff um, for me, calling these places I was at and saying, well, have you tried this? Have you tried this? Um, and more importantly, I know that they were praying more than just before they went to bed. I know they were praying. I know I was on their mind all day. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm so thankful for a praying mother and father. There's nothing more important that you can do for your children or for a loved one than pray for them. That's the most powerful thing that we have as Christians. And a lot of people don't. don't I'm just now tapping into the power of prayer. I still don't really fully understand it. Because sometimes I fall asleep while I'm in the middle of it. Sometimes I forget. But it's, it's so much power in it. But I was there for a little while. Made some friends there, what I thought were some friends. And the thing is, the people that I met while right. I was in, in those facilities, um, I was honestly able to, to witness to them, yeah. in a sense, because I wasn't totally out of it. You know, I still knew my name and stuff like that. You know, I still knew who God was when I was going through that. I was able to have extensive study time with God. I wasn't, didn't have my phone. I was addicted to social media. You know, I was addicted to getting attention from, from my fraternity brothers, and that's something that I didn't talk about. I was accepted into the chapter, but I still didn't feel like I was accepted into a lot of them. That's really what led me to this point. And I was simply trying to be relevant, but in the wrong things. Mm. You can be relevant here on earth and get turned away in heaven. You can do good things on earth in your relevancy and get turned away in heaven. That's the only thing that relevant that matters to me now. That's what I'm saying. That's what I, was, what I started talking about. A lot of people say they want to grow deeper in Christ, but they don't really want to put in the work they don't want to go through the struggle to get that relationship. So how do you have a relationship with God if you don't first communicate with him, if you don't go through anything? God has to take you through some stuff. But what I'm saying is, is a relationship has to be built. In essence, I got into that hospital and I said, all right, man, you got to get me out of this. And 
<laughs> He's got me out of it. I went to one more hospital. I went to Tanova. God placed people there for me. <laughs> and as I think about it, through each segment of my journey, through those four months, four months, six hospitals. Six hospitals. Okay. I'm keeping track. Um, I'm doing good. <laughs> about 12 different medications. I never taken medication a day in my life. Um, I found out I was allergic to one of the medications. Got locked jaw. I experienced a lot of things. But through each each place that I was at, God gave me a name to help me remember that he was with me. Just It was just little simple stuff like that. And it's just like, God was like, I'm with you. And you know, Matthew 28, 20 says, and I'm with you always. You know, he's so comforting. And for some reason, it's, it's preached a lot of times. And I was talking to a pastor last night that I work with um, at, at Peninsula Mental Hospital. I work at Peninsula Mental now. <laughs> Funny how that worked out. And actually, my parents tried to get me into Peninsula Mental. I don't know if they didn't have beds. Working there, I know that they always have beds. But uh, I didn't get in there. God, I know you heard the term, God blocked it. God blocked that, and he said, no, I've got greater work for you here later, and brought me back there as an employee. God is just awesome. So now you're on the other side mm-hmm. of this journey of separation mm-hmm. from God. Mm-hmm. From, the, from the world. Well, you were separated from God, Okay. right? You start from the beginning. Well, I'm just kind of recap. Okay, okay, yeah. But you had separated yourself from God. When I was in college. All that you've been taught. When I was in college. Mm-hmm. Right. The mm-hmm. things that you knew mm-hmm. that you were supposed to do, you kind of just shunned that. Mm-hmm. Put that. And then you go through this, this spiritual war, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And in, in this spiritual war, it was not an easy war. Mm-hmm. It took a toll on you, not only physically, but mentally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, you did have angels that God placed in your path along the way, including praying parents. Mm-hmm. And so now... Less than a year, <laughs> 12 medications, <laughs> six hospitals, mm. you're starting to see the other side of it. I'm in the other side. Okay, you're in the other side of this. I'm in the other side. Um, and so now you're employed in the same place <laughs> where at one time it was thought you would be admitted. Mm. Mm. And so what is the strong message from this? Actually, I want you to share about your ministry, which I think all of this helped shape mm-hmm. Redemptive Pathways. So if you could share a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. What that means to you and what that means to us. And just in case y'all haven't got it yet, um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm stealing this from somebody or this though, just the Holy Spirit giving this to me because I do listen to a lot of sermons. But when a woman's going through chi- through childbirth, there is a super mega struggle for God to birth life in me after birth. You know, this is this is the John so three birth that I'm birth. talking about that, Je- that Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Through all of this, it, it birthed. Uh, my ministry is called Redemptive Pathways, and website is gonna be called. Uh, or the domain name is uh, HisWillOverMyDesire.com. The verse is uh, Philippians one and six, and He that has began a work in you will complete that work. Redemptive Pathways is about redemptive redemption. It's about finding that pathway to redemption, to a, a new life through Christ. Life is about struggle, and we we have struggles, and then we live to tell about it, like I'm doing right now. Right. Well, Jarvis, it's been an amazing journey. Absolutely. So I'm going to provide all of Jarvis's contact information on the website in case you want to reach out, learn more about Redemptive Pathways and how to stay engaged with him. I do appreciate uh, the opportunity. I thank God for the opportunity. It's, he works in mysterious ways and he orchestrates things in ways that we'll never understand, never need to understand. It just happens. Philippians 419 says to provide for everything that we need and I've been trying to figure out how to tell this story 
Um, so. And I want to make sure people understand that this is not no type of show. This is not about Jarvis Jones. This is not Jarvis Jones' story. This is the story of God wooing Jarvis to, to him. God spitting game to Jarvis and showing me that he's real and that I will never have any anything better than him. It's just been an amazing journey. Um, and thank you for being so gracious to share your story with us. Keep it where it's at. I'll be right back. You're tuned in to Talking With T. out some trending news and hot topics. Sadly, we learned this past week that Tina Turner's 59-year-old son, Craig Raymond Turner, died from an apparent suicide. He was found with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Walmart is under fire again, this time from Trump supporters due to baby and adult apparel that reads Impeach 45. You can find a link to the story and see the photo for yourself on my website under today's show. Twitter went ablaze with the hashtag Boycott Walmart. Well, we'll see how this works out. Singer Chris Brown was arrested after his concert this past Thursday in West Palm Beach for a felony battery charge that is related to an incident over a year ago where he was accused of punching a man that photographed him without permission. Brown was released after about an hour when he posted his $2,000 bond. 
the frivolous and trivial calling to the police by white people on black people for doing normal everyday tasks continues and in my opinion has gotten out of hand. I feel that there should be a fine or some sort of penalty for those ridiculous incidents. Each week, we have more to add to the list. So just to make sure we're all caught up, we had police called on black citizens for grilling out at a park, swimming in community pools, selling bottled water, cutting grass, being a realtor, and trying to connect with constituents as a public official. This week, in the footsteps of Pool Patrol Paula, a white man in North Carolina called the police on a black woman who was attempting to swim in her neighborhood pool because he didn't believe she was rich enough to live there. The incident was caught on camera and he was ultimately fired from his job. He isn't the only one that received a pink slip for his ridiculous behavior. Others have been terminated as well as their true colors have been revealed. One occurrence that really takes the cake is when Newsweek reported that a Maryland priest kicked a black family out of the church before their mother's funeral, calling them all, quote, crackheads. It was reported that hundreds attended the funeral of Agnes Hicks, but Reverend Bryce ended the ceremony after one attendee accidentally knocked over the church chalice. They said the priest got on the mic and said, and I quote, there will be no funeral. There will be no mass, no repass. Everyone get the hell out of my church. Now, I'm pretty sure this is not acceptable behavior for a man of the cloth. And I'm also pretty sure that God was not pleased. Now, listen here. You can't just use the police to express your disregard for African-Americans and display your ignorant racism and bias toward other people. This has got to end. Many of us have been following the story about the boys soccer team trapped in a cave in Thailand. After being missing for nine days, they were found alive. Yet the rescue of them seemed nearly impossible as the cave was flooded and getting to them was a treacherous journey. One rescuer lost his life. The 12 boys and their coach have been trapped in the cave for more than two weeks. My heart was happy to learn that on Sunday, Four boys have been rescued, and we anxiously await the safe return of the others. We discuss many topics on Talking With T, and if you would like to share your thoughts and opinions, call 865-409-1170. We would love to hear from you, and your call just may be featured on an upcoming show. We still want to celebrate T's top teens and hometown heroes, so if you would like to make a nomination, visit www.talkingwitht.com. We also want to continue to spotlight local or rising artists. If you're interested in having your product or service featured on Talking With Tea, we would love to help you promote your business or event. Well, once again, we've come to the end, but stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwithtea.com. You can find the links to many of the stories we share and discuss on the website. Also remember to follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to Talking With Tea anytime on your time. Pick your pleasure through Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Google Music, or iHeartRadio. New shows drop each and every Monday. 
However you choose to listen to the show, remember to leave your reviews and comments. In the meantime and in between time, subscribe to Talking With T Daily, the online daily newspaper to get your daily scoop of trending news and find out what we're talking about. On that note, I'll end with a quote. May we think of freedom not as the right to do as we please, but as the opportunity to do what is right. Peter Marshall Remember where you heard the word and keep being kind until next time. Thanks for listening to Talking With Tea.